something with you this morning. If you'll go with me to Psalms, the 55th chapter. And this morning, if I had a thought or I had direction, it would be simply entitled, Jack Bauer is having a tough day. Jack Bauer is having a tough day. Now, if you're not a 24 fan, that does not mean anything to you. But if you are a 24 fan, you know who Jack Bauer is and you know what he's involved in. I started this morning to title this message, The Gospel According to Facebook. And I'm going to do that next week because so many positive, incredible, wonderful things are on Facebook during my day. I have about 1,800 friends, and uh, most of my friends will share a poem or a scripture or a scene or a, or a prayer request. And uh, so many, there were so many cool things on Facebook this week, just, just great, just great stuff. And I, I kind of wanted to go in that direction. I said, no, this has been, been in my heart, my spirit for for a season. If you'll notice Psalms, the 55th chapter, and I believe we're going to start with the first verse or maybe read three verses, then we're going to go to another place. Everybody there, Psalms 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate, they hate me. Definitely having a tough day. Definitely some things going on in little David's life. He's already killed Goliath. He's already destroyed most of the enemy. He has established a kingdom, established a throne. But he's going through some stuff. And I have learned it doesn't really matter how spiritual you become or how callous you become. There's always going to be attacks and things that's going to happen in your life that you're going to sit back and ponder, realize why they're there, what to do with them. And here David is just, he's just being, he's being real and just saying, I'm under attack. And there's a lot of bad stuff happening. These are bad people. And he identifies the spirit of the enemy, which we know to be a demonic entity he shares a verse that if you've ever gone to a funeral to a gravesite and the and the, they're actually pigeons they're not doves but they, they call them doves and they will release that that the, the pigeons and then they will release the one that represents the soul that went to be the lord and that that pigeon will fly and then i think they fly back to uh, uh dayton or or cookville or, or one of those places there notice if you will um, verse 6. And I said, O Lord, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. If I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Definitely some stuff going on in David's life. Then if you'll notice verse 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hateth me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, my acquaintance, which took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of the Lord in company. 
And so here David kind of lets us know that there's, there's an evil attack against him. There are some wicked, there's some evil stuff going on. But now David is mentioning there's some things going on in his life. They shouldn't be going on because the people he's brought into his life. He's talking about his mentors. He's talking about his acquaintance. He's talking about his peers, about people in everyday life around him, that stuff's going on that is really kind of, kind of rocking his world. If you will go with me to Isaiah, the 14th chapter, and I believe the guys are going to have that uh, up on the screen for me. I just wanted to, just, I just wanted to take um, a moment this morning and share some, share some things from the Word of God that I think will be a blessing to you. How many knows that there is a war going on? How many, how many knows this, this war is destined to try to take us out? Uh, how many feel like sometimes it wins more than it loses? Sure, we can all relate, I think, to battles that we have survived and endured but maybe didn't particularly feel like we won. And from that, we were wounded, and from that, the scars remind us of the battle. But I bring attention, if I may, to um, Isaiah 14 and 12. And here, the Lord is going to take a moment, and we're going to look at Ezekiel 28. The Lord is going to take a moment and share with us the reality of an enemy and share with us the reality of a war and why the enemy hates us and why the enemy comes against us and some things that God has given us to counterattack when the enemy attacks. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, and we've been talking about the mind, the mouth, the heart, how they, how they tie together. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the size of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And there they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? There is a day of reckoning coming when we are going to see the enemy for exactly what he is and what he has done. And many of us, I believe, are going to be astonished that we allowed an entity that weak and that intimidating to stop us and hinder us and come against our purpose. Very, very powerful revelation here that five things that Lucifer said about himself. A moment of history. The Bible is written to three entities. The Bible is written to the Jew. The Bible is written to the Gentile, which is the church. And the Bible is written to the ungodly that will never submit, that will never take part, that will be damned for their, for their sins and their crimes. Three generations. We happen to be the generation of the Gentile. We're not Jewish, but we are Gentiles that have been adopted into the family of God by the blood of Jesus. And that makes us the church. As we look at the three entities that is upon the face of the earth, we know that there were three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And when you find reference to Michael, Michael is the war angel. He's the, he's the fighter. He's the angel that watches over Israel. When you find reference to Gabriel, Gabriel is the angel that watches over 
the church. It's the, the Holy Spirit, the, the protection of, of God's hand upon us, his favor upon us. When you find reference to Lucifer, Lucifer represents the third of the, of the world that will never submit, that will never turn to God, but will constantly be anti-Christ, anti-God, and that's who Lucifer was over. What is crazy, are you with me? What is so, what is so, I thought we just had some fun today. What is crazy is we find the Bible are written three generations of people, and there are three archangels. We find reference to one-third of the angels being cast from heaven. I have come to the conclusion that probably one-third of the angels with the supervision of Michael led all the angels in worship and praise to God. That's what Michael did. I believe that Gabriel led one-third of all the angels in praise and worship to the Spirit. I believe it was Lucifer's task, Lucifer's purpose to lead one-third of the angels in praise and worship to the Word. He had a choir. He, he, he raised things up. He tore things down. And here we find that he makes a decision, and he says, there's five things that I want to do. Look at somebody say five. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And we find for this statement, for this attitude, for this coup, for this, for this reaction that he calls in heaven, we know that one-third of the angels were tossed from heaven with Lucifer. In Luke 10, the first chapter, Jesus sends them out 70, 35 pairs of two. They come back. Even we raise the dead, we heal the sick. Even the demons were subject unto us. And Jesus makes an interesting statement. He makes a statement in Luke 10 and 18. I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven. The Lord was there that day when one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven because that was the Lord's choir. One-third of the angels worshiped God. One-third of the angels worshiped the Holy Spirit. One-third of the angels worshiped the Word. But when Satan took that third and was cast to earth, God came up with a plan called creation. God came up with a plan called adoption. And God came up with a plan that says, I am going to bless a planet. I'm going to put life on it. I'm going to give them a way of escape. And those that accept me will be those that will be a part of that heavenly choir that one day will lay their crowns at the feet of Jesus and declare that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Does that excite anybody in this place? For we are a part of that church. We're a part of what God is saying and a part of what God is doing. When Jesus says, I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven, he tells them that I'm going to give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. I know, I know in, in my life that's a tough scripture to apply because it seems like in the past 61 years um, there have been some things that have hurt me. There have been some things that I felt wounded. There have been some things where I felt like I was done wrong. And I know there's been times in my life when I've hurt others, I've wounded others. But Jesus makes this blanket statement and says, nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, whether that's a, that's a spiritual promise of your spirit or your spirit man, but we have to accept it for what it is. He says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Then it says that Jesus, for the next hour, rejoiced, danced, twirled, and spun, thanking God for those whose names that made it to the Lamb's Book of Life. Aren't you glad this morning that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and there's a place in heaven reserved for you? Since we're having fun this morning, if you go with me to Ezekiel 
the 28th chapter. The guys are going to help us, and we're going to look at verse 12. This is a prophetic word coming from the mouth of God through the servant Ezekiel, dealing with the prince and the power of the air. Notice, notice if you will, Ezekiel 28 and 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation unto the king of Tyrus. Tyrus is modern-day Iran, Iraq, formerly called Persia. We see the prince of the power of the air has established a throne over the area of Persia. The prince of the power's goal is one goal, is destroy Israel, destroy the wife of God, destroy that country. And that's why you see Israel is half the size of the state of Georgia. Bulldogs win yesterday? Hey, how about Alabama? Hey, you got it. So, so Israel is half the size of the state of Georgia, yet every single day it's in the news. Every single day something's going on, every single day. And it's like a handful have defeated the multitude with the power and the, and the, and, and the help of God. It seems like God, even though Israel right now does not acknowledge Jesus as their Savior, they acknowledge God as the Father, and the day will come when there will be a revival and 144,000 Jews are going to get born again, spirit-filled, and they're going to evangelize the nation, and thousands of Jews are going to come to God, and then the Great Tribulation, all that stuff takes place. But I thought it was so cool that while Ezekiel here is taking a moment to tell us what's going on in Iran, in Iraq. We wonder why it's so evil. We wonder why the, the, the ISIS, the, all, all, all that stuff, why it seems to be focused around Iran and Iraq because the spirit of godliness has a throne there and has manifest control and wants to destroy that nation. Does that help anybody in the building this morning? Notice, if you will, thus saith the Lord. And I'll comment on these as we read them. Thus sealeth up the sum. What that actually means is 2 plus 2 equals 4, 3 plus 3 equals 6, that this, that this spirit that God, that God is talking to through Ezekiel had everything under control. He, he, was, he was perfect in all of his ways. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. How scary is that, that he, on a scale of 1 to 10, he is a 10. He is the most beautiful creature at this particular time that's ever been created. And then it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. It lists the stones. And then at, after the end of the sapphire and the emerald, the carbuncle and gold, it says this, The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Know that in the Hebrew, this is, this is pretty crazy right here. In the Hebrew, that word tabret means rhythm. When, when Lucifer was created, he was created with the power of rhythm. And the ability to make music, the, the ability to produce music, he was the first choir director of heaven that had an orchestra, and he knew how to use the power of music to worship God and to touch the throne. Are you there with me? So it, when it says that the, 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 the pipes were in him, it meant that when Lucifer opened his mouth, this is crazy, music came forth. Anything, anything that came out of his mouth was music. You can only make music two ways. You can strike it, or you can, or you can, do, it through your, you can do it through your throat. So all the musical instruments that, that you breathe upon, all the drums, all the pianos that you strike, Lucifer was in charge of those two sets of music, and he raised up a choir 
to worship and to praise God. He sees the power of praise and worship. He sees what it does. And Isaiah 40 says, I am going to be like the most high God. I'm going to take God's praise. I'm going to take God's worship. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And this is where I believe that he was the covering of one-third of the angels that led their worship to the sun. I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou was walked up and down the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways till the day thou was created, until iniquity was found in thee. That iniquity was the seven, the seven things that God hates, and the first one is pride. And that Lucifer let his heart be filled with so much pride that he thought he was just as cool as God, just as powerful as God, and just as awesome as God, and he wanted one-third of the angels to praise and worship him instead of worshiping the word. You see the turmoil there? You see the rebellion there? And so we know that he and one-third of those angels, they, they cast their vote. They chose to go with Lucifer. He cast one-third of the angels down to the, to the ground or down to earth. Was this before the fall of man, before Adam and Eve? Probably. Was there, a race, was there a race upon this earth? Probably. Let's go ahead and read. By the multitude, verse 16, of thy merchandise that has to do with commerce or money, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings. They're interesting observation, Matt that when he was cast to the ground, earth, there were kingdoms. I will, I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries. Sanctuary is a place where people worship God. So there were kingdoms upon the earth. There were sanctuaries upon the earth. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. That word traffic in the Hebrew is merchandise, money. Isn't that funny? That money, the love of money is the root of all that is evil. That is all. Therefore, I bring thee forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes. And what is crazy, we learn that the flames of hell come from the bosom of Lucifer. That God took that pride, God took that sin, God took that iniquity, and from his bosom, God created a place called hell and then determined that Satan and his angels will spend all of eternity in hell. Not us. God has created a place for us in heaven that we spend all of eternity in heaven with him. But it is a choice. And you can't ride the fence. It's either left or right. It's either good or bad. It's either God or Satan. So, well, I don't worship Satan. But if God is not the Lord of your life, then, then you're paying homage to the king of this earth who wants to destroy you and throw you in a dumpster. In Daniel 7 and 25, I think the guys have it there. It says that in the last days, there shall be two major attacks of the enemy. This is Satan's strategy. The Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. The Bible says to draw nine to God, he will draw nine to thee. This resistance is more of a, of a, of a this, this, this resistance is a verb, and it means to aggressively pursue or attack. So what are you saying, Pastor Hank? I'm saying when you aggressively pursue and attack Lucifer in the name of the Lord, you will see victory and you'll see prayers answered. He gives us that if we resist him, he will flee from us. But in Daniel 7 and 25, the two number one attributes right now of our enemy is twofold. Number one, 
is to blaspheme, put down, hurt, and hinder the name of God in any way possible that they can. We see when we remove prayer from our classrooms, the Bible from our schools, we are, in effect, we are coming against the name of the Most High God. The other, the other attribute of the enemy that Daniel says prophetically will take place is that it will be his attempt to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Can anybody relate to being wore out? In this chapter, as, as David is saying, evil has come against me. The world's coming. All this is coming against me. David was feeling that pressure that the enemy was putting so much on him in depression and distress and frustration that it was wearing him out. He found an altar, cried out to God. And as we read through Isaiah 50, I'm sorry, Psalm 55, the very last chapter, David said, I will put my trust in thee. As we look at Proverbs 6 and 16, if the guys have it there, I might read it off the screen if you have it. I'll go ahead and look for it. How many, how many found it? Are you almost there? Look at someone say, almost. Proverbs 6. You've been around uh, this ministry at all. You will know that we believe that God does not hate the drug addict. God does not hate the homosexual. God does not hate the alcoholic. God does not hate the murderer. God does not hate the child molester. God does not hate them. The Bible in Proverbs 6 and 16 tells us exactly what God hates. There are six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are abomination. Number one, proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. And I tremble in fear when I say this, but every abortionist will give an account for the innocent blood that they have shed. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Those are the seven things that God hates, and God obviously at the top of his list has put the word pride. We are encouraged several times in the Bible to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and all the things that he will do is to, is to humbly before God. If my people will humble themselves and pray, there is a, when you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of your life and you worship him and you serve him and you praise him, you find yourself in a position of a servant that God wants to do things for you. And I wrote down 10 things that God wants to do for you. Remember, Lucifer had five, five I wills. Remember, I will do this, I will do that, I'll be above the throne of God, I'll receive all the praise of God. Here's what the Lord says that he will do for you. Are you ready? I'll give you rest. I will give you strength. I will answer you. I will believe in you. I will bless you. I will be there for you. I will not fail you. I will provide for you, and I will love you. Isn't that a lot better than five, the five things that Lucifer has to say, ten things that God said that he would do, and ten things that God said he would be? Well, the good news of this chapter, I Psalm 55, the good news of this chapter that David will go through a season of restoration. He'll go through a season of healing. And then most Bible scholars declare, the Psalms are not in order, most Bible scholars declare that he left this tragedy and he wrote Psalms 23. And when I think of Psalms 23, I think of all the things that we shall not want of 
because of what God has provided. Do I have a witness in the house? If I don't now, I will because 10 incredible, phenomenal things happening in Psalms 23. Are you ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for rest. Look at something, rest. For he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment because you leadeth me beside still waters. I shall not want for restoration for you restoreth my soul. I shall not want for direction for you leadeth me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. I shall not want for companionship for yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Help me for thou art with me. I shall not want for discipline or correction for thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. I shall not want for sustenance, for thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I shall not want for anointing, because thou anointest my head with oil. I shall not want for extra, aren't you glad, because my cup runneth over. I shall not want for anything in this life, because surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want for anything in that life which is to come, for I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation? So Lucifer's got five things. God's got ten things. I just made up a little note for, our, for us that maybe we could be involved in. Oh, here it is. I found it. This is not a lengthy list. Five I wills of Satan, ten I wills of God, five I wills of us. This is, you ready? I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will trust in the Lord for his goodness and his mercy endureth forever. I will bring a sacrifice of praise into his house because praise brings his presence. I will hear him when he answers me, and I will do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I added one from Facebook. I, I added one. He said, I will make you fishers of men. And I think that's a choice, a decision that we make. What a great God. What a great season. What a great time. What a, aren't you glad that you're alive? You're upon the earth. You're making a difference. You're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see some things turn around this next week because of all these things that God says you, you are. Can we pray? Thank you for this house. Thank you for the faithfulness and consistency of this house. Thank you that we are not affected by numbers. The worship this morning was awesome. The praise was awesome. Our participation was, was heartfelt. The word is healthy. We thank you that, that you love us, you care about us. And we thank you for all the things that you've promised to be. You really are our shepherd. Allow us to be the sheep and the lambs that we need to identify that we are humble ourselves and realize we're not going to make it without your help. Realize that there are things going on in Iran and Iraq right now that's about to bring the soon coming of your son, that the time that Daniel talked about, the three and a half years of the Antichrist, is about to be manifested, and we're watching it right now on our local news as we see blasphemies against God, things coming against the church, things coming against Christians, that truly we are approaching that day when you're going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, resurrect us from this place to go to your house to sit at your table, and there we will dwell in your presence forever. And we thank you for that. And they all said, amen.
Let the record show.